Hey everybody, welcome to episode 29 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today's episode is all about Upgrade. If that doesn't sound familiar, it's because we did not talk about it in the June preview. We didn't. We nope. missed it. Yeah, completely. I kept seeing it on the list of movies. I just didn't think anything of it. And before I know it, Twitter was on fire with, hey, everybody needs to go see Upgrade. It's a hyper-violent movie. It's sci-fi. It's getting really good reviews. One of the best of the year. One of the websites you and I go to a lot, Joe Blow, gave it, well, one of the guys on there gave it a 9 out of 10, and that usually catches our attention. Right. So we figured, eh, we're not doing anything on a Sunday afternoon. Let's go see it. So we, we saw it. So that's how sometimes uh, we don't catch everything on a preview episode, and something catches our attention, and we'll still go go see it. And that's how we got to Upgrade. So if you haven't heard of Upgrade, it's a movie about a guy who gets brutally mugged and is paralyzed and he's in the hospital and his wife dies from that mugging. A billionaire inventor soon offers the guy a cure, which is an artificial intelligence implant called STEM that will enhance his body. Now that he's able to walk, he finds that he also has a superhuman strength and agility. These are skills that he uses to seek revenge against the thugs who destroyed his life. In summary, it's not that different of a revenge movie at its core than anything else that you can think of. Whether, yeah. Whether that's Death Wish or Taken, you know, it's got elements of, you know, Robocop to it because he's half man, half machine. Yeah, I didn't get that he had superhuman strength. Yeah. I just thought that that was just added to his fighting skills. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into a little bit more. I don't, I think you could just make it be whatever you wanted it to be. Hmm. I guess I, I think that takes away from it because I, I don't know how that would work. <laughs> right, I, I get how the rest of it can. Right, but so it's directed by Lee Wanell, who I'd never heard of, and the reason is because the only other directing credit to his name was Insidious Chapter Three, which I haven't <laughs> seen Insidious Chapter One or Chapter Two. And the cast is Logan Marshall Green, who is actually in a lot more than what I expected when I went to his IMDb. I mean, he kind of looked familiar, but I didn't. No, he was in as much as he, is, he has been in. Well, he looks familiar because he looks just like Tom Hardy. Yes, that's part of it. But <laughs> after I saw this, that he's in Spider-Man Homecoming, I was like, oh, yeah, he is in Spider-Man Homecoming. He's the guy that is like the right-hand man at first of Michael Keaton's character, and then he, Michael Keaton kills him. Yeah, Shocker. Yes. and then, He was the original Shocker. Yeah, I think in IMDb, he's actually credited as Shocker number one. Shocker number one, yeah. yeah. And then he was in Prometheus. The only other person I put as far as cast that people might know is Betty Gabriel. She's the, not the maid, but the main house lady in Get Out, the one that starts to cry really weirdly where he first starts to get signs that something's wrong. She looks like she's straight out of the 50s, but that's her. She plays the cop who's trying to help the main character solve the crime. Okay. I didn't recognize her, but yep. now that you say that. Well, it's weird because in that movie, in Get Out, she looks way older than what she really is. Yes. I think they do that on purpose, but yeah, it can really throw you off. So like I mentioned before, the plot all in all, it's like a mishmash of like five different movies, right? Like you could just rattle off a whole bunch of different stuff. You could say part RoboCop, part, uh, like we said, Death Wish, any kind of revenge movie, part 
Black Mirror is what I thought. One of the things I know that you and I both mentioned too is that it, it smacks of Venom very much. This is exactly what the Venom movie is going to be. Yeah. You and I, when we left the theater, both said, it's good that Upgrade came out before Venom. Yeah, because it'd be a blatant ripoff, I think. Yeah. With a lookalike actor. Yes. <laughs> In that Venom trailer, Tom Hardy is attacked by the symbiote and he hears the voice in his head right right and that's exactly what's happening in this movie he gets implanted with the stem which is the artificial intelligence and it talks to him and he's yeah he's the only one that can hear it yes so between those two things this movie would have been crushed if it came out after venom because everybody would have said oh you're just you're a venom knockoff yeah even the uh the symbiote that it takes over his his actions at points yeah. You know, it's like, okay, let you take over and you be, you be Venom, and that's exactly what this is. Yeah, so kudos to the marketing department and the distribution company or whatever. They had to get this out before. <laughs> it it would have even been better had they got it out before the trailer because I don't think people know enough. I don't think they would have remembered anything about, you know, the Spider-Man 3 Venom. Yeah, and I, don't, to... I don't even think it did that. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it didn't. Okay. So yeah, the, they didn't go very deep into Venom right. in Spider-Man 3. So there's some definite parallels there. So if you get a chance to go see Upgrade after you see it, make sure you go and check out the Venom trailer just so you can see what we're talking about. And so this movie, the guy, the main character, they do this man at a time plot line of he only likes old things, he hates technology, and it's almost as if he was taken from 2018 and put into, you know, 2030 or wherever they are because he seems so lost in what oh that that car of yours that drives itself like like it's a mystery to him and, and he he does that a lot in the very beginning of the movie like he just doesn't understand how this world works but if he actually lived it yeah <laughs> you know he lives in that world it doesn't make sense that he'd be so foreign to it yeah but it it strikes me as a that's not uncommon you have people like that in the world today that don't really want to partake in all the technology that we have. I mean, they're aware of it, but they may not know how to use it. Like Johnny? <laughs> From Cobra Guy? Yes. That took a second. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's the same reason people, you know, still build, rebuild old cars. They still listen to vinyl records. You can like that, but he was married to a woman who had a car that drove itself in a house that talks to, he lives in this house that talks to him, and he still was confused about what was going on. And that's that seemed just a stretch. You know, to uh, me. And, and I was like, like, this is like, really? I didn't think it was a stretch. I think it was just setting up who he is, what, what he's about. He, he can, he like can not like it and not be befuddled by it. I mean, I think yeah. there's, there's a difference by it. And so I didn't like that piece of it. I mean, there's different ways of showing that he's, he's an old school guy, you know, fixing up the old car. That's fine. That's a good way of showing it. But, but the whole not understanding how it all works, I just felt like he was, it was just weird. Oh, I didn't have a problem with it. I There's so many people like that in the world today. They still carry flip phones because they don't want to know. They don't really want a smartphone and they don't care. So they still carry their flip phone around. They don't drive hybrid cars. They don't have uh, smart thermostats and smart door locks and all that stuff. They I mean, just... But he lives there. It's his car. It's not like he went to a neighbor's house and all of a sudden they had all this technology that he wasn't aware of. He just, he lived there. <laughs> it's his yeah. car. I just, you know, it, it was very distracting at the beginning for me. But wow. It was just like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that that's believable. I don't know. That, that's just a, that's an 
what like a, an archetype of a character that you see in tons and tons of movies. You yeah, know, and, get... and that's why that's why it stuck out to me is that they were they were trying to go for that, and that I thought they missed with that. It was, it, but it wasn't even overly relevant to anything. There wasn't a no. A, there wasn't a point in time later in the movie where he needed to get out of a jam and he couldn't because he was. And then he fixed the engine and yeah, got out. Yeah, yeah, there was nothing like that. True. So it was just really just more about hey, this is who this guy is. He likes to work with his hands and drive muscle cars around. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> again, they didn't use it, and I thought that they they would. Yeah, you know. But again, I just thought they laid it on really thick. Yeah, at, at that part. So the other piece was they got so they get carjacked, or they get they didn't really get carjacked. They got their car was hijacked, if you I guess by computer. Yeah. Well, you're not told that in the beginning, but yes, the AI that can, it's a self driving car and it freaks out and goes and wrecks. Yeah, into the bad part of town, and then his wife is shot, and then he's paralyzed in that. Right. And they didn't really sell it as anything other than a hit. Yeah, it was a little too convenient. It, it sound. I wish they would have done it of the car was getting, you know, it was a, it was a carjacking, and they found a way to, to get this car, and then they happen to kill the wife, and then they get him. And it turns out that he finds out later that they were trying to target the wife to be killed. Yeah. And that would have been, oh, a twist. You know, they're targeting the wife, and that's why she was dead, because she works for a rival company. Right. Then it turns out that they're really after him the whole time, but I just think you could have added that one more layer of of revelation if it was a... Yeah. He thought it was a a standard carjacking. It was a twist for the character, because he didn't know. He didn't know until the cops came. Well, he thought it was a hit. He did? I mean, it wasn't I a carjacking. They didn't take anything. Well, I, I thought he just thought it was a mugging, a random mugging, not necessarily but an orchestrated they didn't take anything. Hit. Yeah, but I I don't remember him saying one way or the other. I didn't think he had any impression of what was going on until they started piecing together some of the clues from the drone surveillance. Yeah, which, again, I just thought that that part could have been cleaner. Yeah, I think they could have done a little bit better. I mean, If not for him, for the audience's sake. Of... Yeah, I mean, the audience knows right away that something was up. But again, in this movie, though, yeah, I feel like you know you don't even care about that stuff. True, because I'm really nitpicking here, because really all we want to do is wait until he gets this implant in yeah. and, and then fight people. Right. Which took a long time to do. It did, yeah. I, I would say that that's a pretty safe comment for this whole movie, is that I thought that it was going to be a lot more action than what it was. And especially in a movie like this where the trailer tells you it's no secret that the guy's going to get paralyzed or injured. It's no secret that he's going to get a chip put in him and that's going to turn him into some supreme badass. So if it's an hour and 45 minute runtime and you take 30 minutes before the chip is even getting put in, that's a long time right? to get to where you, one, know where it's going and two, where you want it to go. So kudos to the marketing people because they sold it as strictly a violent fight fest yeah and it was actually much more of a movie than than it was that yeah so you got us there under false pretenses which i think affected how we viewed the movie yeah but it was a good movie without that but would we have gone had it been just the normal trailer that we saw and so that's yeah it's kind of catch-22 there what was the right way to go because we were kind of disappointed in how it was sold versus what we got, but I do think it was a there was a good movie. Yeah, it absolutely was a good movie. It's just, I guess the build up to STEM being active didn't really add a whole lot to the movie that you couldn't have probably gotten through in half the time. 
I agree. And then once it happens, you kind of, I know I kept telling myself, okay, it's here. Now, you know, he's, he's finally got the chip. It's finally going crazy. And now we're just going to, now here comes all the action. And it still didn't do that. The one thing I really like though, <laughs> and I'm glad they did this, they almost had to, it took a while to get to STEM, but he didn't really debate a long time about whether he was going to do it. So once <laughs> between the time he got told, Hey, this is a possibility to get this chip and it will help you and do things in crazy ways. And his decision to actually do it was pretty fast. If they had strung that out into this, oh God, do I want to, do I not? What would my wife have wanted me to do and took in another 10 or 15 minutes? <laughs> that would have been even worse. But I was glad they at least realized almost at that point, like, oh yeah, we should probably just say, put the chip in. But, but who wouldn't? No, right. Who would, You know, you're yeah. paralyzed, you know, he's a quadriplegic. Who wouldn't, other than he wanted to die because his wife, he thought his life was over, other than he wanted to kill himself. Right. But who wouldn't want want the chip? Oh, I can make you walk again. Oh, well, yes, do that. Right. Whatever that is. But it was also very experimental. He didn't, it hadn't, allegedly hadn't been done on anybody else. They didn't quite know how it was going to behave. I think his only reservation was that he just didn't want to live anymore. Yeah, there was that. I think think that was the only, you know, why bother? Yeah. Type of mentality. So. The one thing is when they put this chip in him, they the guy explains to him, hey, when I put this chip in, it's going to reconnect all your neurons, all your stuff. You'll be able to walk. And he even tells him, we don't know how fast you'll be able to recover. It may be months. It could be whatever. And it happens really fast. But the piece that they didn't know, well, that he didn't know, was that it's it's alive. It's an AI. And it could talk to him. Yeah, it can talk to him. And that comes as a shock and they start having conversations and he thinks he's losing his mind and all that stuff happens. But the other thing that's really cool is not only can it talk, but it it controls his body when he wants it to, but it can also process what he's seeing. It's, it's like half man, half machine. Yeah. It analyzes everything in the room, you know, instantaneously type of thing. Oh, hey, walk over there, you know. Yeah. You know, I can see that over there. Right. And it, we first get the sense of what it can do, one, by the fact that it allows him to walk, which he has to hide at first, right? He still rolls around in a... And I should say he hides it at first by going around in his wheelchair still. But if he turns stem off, then he loses all functionality. Right. So when he tells it to shut up at one point or go away, and it goes away and shuts off, he becomes quadriplegic. So it's really... It's an interesting, I really liked it, dichotomy of in one minute he's in a wheelchair and truly paralyzed from the neck down, can't feel anything. And as soon as STEM is activated, he's John Wick. He can go and fight and take down rooms of people and it's not a problem. Yeah. I I liked that that whole dynamic as well. I thought that was a pretty cool off and on type of thing they did. And so at, at the beginning, the chip has to obey him. Yes. Uh, it had parental lock on it yes <laughs> not only not only from him but from the creator too the creator was able to access it and track it track it you know shut it down if it needed to so that, that, that takes him to a hey they're going to try to find you and take this out of you so you can't go hunt and hunt for your wife's killers right so find me a hacker and uh yeah we'll, we'll switch that off so STEM is the reason why he even starts tracking the crime to begin with, right? Because that's how you figure out that STEM can even do the things that it's capable of is he's watching that surveillance footage and STEM is watching it through his eyes saying, hey, do you see this, this, and this? And I'm going to run it through a database or something like that. So STEM starts giving him clues as to where he can go to start to solve this crime because, of course, typical revenge movie fashion, the cops aren't 
capable of doing anything. They can't because the drones can't see their face that they have everywhere? Right, apparently. Yeah, well, they make some comment about how the drones have Everybody's supposed to have some identification on them, but these some guys have figured out how to get around. How to it. hack it? Eventually, he goes to a suspect's house, and Stem and him are talking. They're having these conversations about, you know, this is where this guy lives, and go into the house, and here's what you need to do: cover your. I mean, Stem's even telling him like, take off your boots, do all this stuff, and then the guy shows up, and <laughs> it's actually a pretty funny scene, right? Like Stem's like, go hide in the corner, and he hides. And the guy walks right in front of him. Stem's like, you need to hit him now. Hit him now. It's your only chance. Hit him now. And he doesn't do it. And the guy turns around or sees him in a mirror. See, yeah, the reflection, yeah. Yeah, and then they start fighting as though they were normal. Cause he, and he's, he's getting his butt kicked. Yeah, he's getting his butt kicked. And then Stem asks, would you like me to take over? And he says yes. And Stem then just, that's the first action scene, right? It becomes a hand-to-hand fight where now he's now a essentially a superhero. Right. And ninja the one however you want to look at it yeah (laughs) and you know a couple cool things about it were that you know the the fight scene was choreographed really really well but he he moves in a human but robotic way i can't it's really hard to describe it's very systematic yeah like he's not very fluid but very right precise yeah it's not like all of a sudden he's a marvel superhero where he's like you can tell he's being the way he's acting the scene in the fight scene. You can tell he's being controlled by something. So he acted it or they choreographed it really well because it looks, it looks like if somebody was controlling him with puppet strings. Yeah. Or if it was a robot that was saying, I need to block. So I'm not going to waste any movements. So yeah. it's very pur- purposeful movements. There. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing with it too, is that the camera, right? That's the first time you get the sense that whenever STEM takes control of him, they, I don't know what it's called. They like camera lock on him to where if he moves up or down, the camera moves up or down. So he's like always stationed in the middle of the frame. So like if he squats down, the camera squats down with him. So it's always locked on him and everything else. It's, it's a little disorienting at first. I, I liked it at first. It got a little old by the time the movie went on, I thought. And I think it, it, for some reason, I think it was so disorienting to me because you don't really see that done in action movies that it, it kind of made me made it harder for me to appreciate the fight scene a little bit. Oh, I liked it. I thought I thought it was different, and I never got sick of it because I thought they they did enough different angles. You know, they didn't they didn't stay with it. No, the whole fight. They don't keep the camera in one position the whole fight. They still move the camera and cut to different angles and stuff. But whenever they cut, it's always locked to him. It's always that perspective. I wish I knew what that was called, but it's like a really weird steady cam where normally when you're filming any kind of scene, let alone an action scene, the camera is still and everything else moves in, in and out of the frame. In this, everything moves except him. The camera is perfectly synced with him. It was a cool touch at first. I just thought by the end, which again, there's not very many fight scenes. By the end, I was like, eh, okay, go back to the normal way. That's just me being picky about fight scenes. Yeah, no, I liked it. And I think because there weren't very many, that it, it didn't get, didn't get old to me. Yeah. So the cool thing about that first fight scene is he just brutally kills this first guy. I mean, it's really grotesque. Right. And the guy can't handle it well, right? <laughs> the guy with the implant <laughs> like throws up everywhere because he's, he's like, watch- Yeah, he's watching it, but yeah. he can't do anything about it. He just sees this guy get murdered. Yeah. So that that was a pretty interesting take on everything. And you know, then Stem's telling him, you're going to have to clean up all your fingerprints and all your puke. He's like, how am I supposed to do this? And Stem says, well, I know everything you touched and everything you've done. So it, that's just... 
all that to get through the first fight scene, but it's to give you a description of or a sense of what this thing is capable of according to the movie. It can take him over completely, sight, vision, touch, actions, everything. So basically when Stem takes over, he cannot be beaten. Right. The guy that he fights has an implant of his own. Yeah. So all, all the bad guys in this have guns in their arms that shoot out their hands. Because the wife's company did military, uh, what are they, not prosthetics, but. Enhancements? Enhancements, yes. Yeah. So like some, yeah, they all had like guns actually built in. Like the the guy like load, one of the guys loads the gun up by his bicep. Yeah, and, and the forearm and then yeah. and shoots it out the palm. Yeah, I, they don't really explain that other than to say that company helps rehabilitate soldiers. Which is the rival company to the company that makes STEM. Yes. Which we found out at the beginning. And so that's a, that's a cool, basically it's, you know, Iron Man shooting out of his palm, but with bullets. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how STEM found the bad guys, right? When they looked at the surveillance footage, he's like, do you see a gun? Yeah, and in his hand. Like, no, yeah. and it, they realized it came out of his hand and everything like that. So the rest of the movie really just rolls on in standard whodunit revenge movie fashion. He's just trying to piece together clues. It's a lead to another guy in the gang goes and fights him, interrogates him and finds another lead, you know, just keeps going that way. Right. All along the cop who couldn't do anything right in the beginning is now on his trail because she's caught wind that some of these suspects are dropping like flies. And so she's trying to piece together and she figures out, she sees him on surveillance footage. So she's in, not, in the wheelchair though. Yeah. So she's not only hunting, she's not only hunting the crime, she's hunting him who's hunting the crime. So yeah, again, it's not anything out of the ordinary. My favorite scene, I think in the whole movie though, was the one, I think, well, let's call it the second scene, not second scene, but the second interrogation, right? In the bathroom. Yeah, so he rolls into a big, tough biker bar in his wheelchair and calls out the guy he's looking for, who's like this massive guy, and starts talking a whole bunch of crap. And the guy takes him into the bathroom to go rough him up, and then <laughs> he activates STEM and takes out everybody in the room and starts to torture the guy. Well, he asks him, you know, were you there? He wants to get his confirmation yes. that, that this was one of the guys that was there. And the guy admits, yeah, I was there. I killed killed your wife. Yeah. And then he's like, now, STEM, go get him. Right. That type of thing. And he, because he didn't have the willpower to do it, right? Like yeah. He, he kind of gave stem control, and then he gets on top of the guy. Oh, but, that, well, that's at the end. Yeah, at yeah. the end of the fight <laughs> yeah, to, as, to, to torture him. Right. Yeah. And I, it actually wasn't as gory as I thought, because there's kind yeah, of... Yeah, he's, he's slashing a lot, and then it's just a couple... It yeah. cuts across his face. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to look really bad. <laughs> Which, now that we're saying this, it makes me think of the crow, too. Because, I mean, it's essentially kind of the crow. Yeah. I mean... He died, I guess. Well, right. But so this guy didn't die. Instead, he almost died and came back, quote unquote, with superpowers like the crow. And then he's hunting down all the gang that had killed his wife, like the crow. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. I, mean, I mean, there's, I mean, Robocop and the crow. I mean, <laughs> right. he, there's, there's plenty of these movies that it can, no, can parallel. Absolutely. You just want to watch the crow again. I was trying to think of all the different movies that this reminded me of, and The Crow did not pop in my head until this, and I have no idea why. And side note, it's unfortunate that Momoa is not the new Crow. Yeah. He I, stepped out. Yeah, well, they lost the director, too. Yeah. The whole thing fell apart, which I'm fine. Don't don't remake The Crow. That's fine. Leave it alone. <laughs> um, so the other thing that happens in that bar 
after he interrogates the guy and leaves, the head guy comes in. The main bad guy. The main bad guy, right? And it's uh, you and I, I think, both collectively sighed in the movie theater about what happened. So first of all, he's not a very intimidating character. No, he looks like Kip Dynamite. <laughs> he's he's yeah. You would not think that he's the leader of this gang. No. And then he sneezes at the bartender and all these little nanobites with swords go into the bartender's mouth mm-hmm. and I get essentially kill him from the inside. Is yeah. that what we can assume? Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, that's a really terrible, terrible scene. Yeah. It wasn't given any explanation at any point in the movie. Right. Nor ever used again. No. It was threatened later. Yeah. But it was yeah. never used. And is there, why was that in the movie? It is truly the worst scene in the movie and just needs to be deleted. The guy's got guns in his hands. Yeah. Shoot the bartender with your gun in your hands. Right. Well, and at that point, too, like usually what most movies do is you need a scene to establish how awesome the hero is. But yeah. you need a scene to establish how awesome the inevitable bad guy is. Right. And I'm sorry, sneezing nanobots on somebody is not... Because now all you're going to ask yourself is, why didn't he do that in the end? Yeah. But that's like the worst, the yeah. worst thing he could have done. <laughs> right. Sne- he truly just sneezed. Right. And this guy died. Yeah. I mean, again, we talk about this a lot, but it makes you wonder, like, in the writing room or in the director's room, whatever it is, you know, like, hey, I got this idea for a scene. He's going <laughs> to sneeze nanobots all into this other guy's face, and it's going to go in and kind of kill him from the inside. Well, how do we know they're nanobots? Well, let's zoom in on them and then give them little swords. Yeah, (laughs) and you think somebody's going to be like, well, okay, yeah, so this is going to come up later, right? Like, he's going to sneeze on the the main guy later, and and Stem will have to cure it? No. Oh, no, let's never use it again. Let's never even bring it up again. Right, yeah. I don't, yeah, I completely agree with you. I knew knew specifically you wouldn't like it, but I definitely didn't like it Well, and it's the worst, the effects even. Yeah, you know, there, there, there are, this is done very well as yeah. far as visually and, and, and special effects and CGI and all, and the, the, the blood and the gut, everything looks very real Yeah, except for the sneezing. And not only did you not need it, it really took away from the movie and there, there's not needing and being completely irrelevant to the movie. Right. And, and that's what this was. Yeah, completely agree. I I don't see how anybody could say that that added anything to the movie. No, it, it stuck out as a sore thumb. Thankfully, it was over pretty quick. But it's just one of those that's a momentum killer. It's about midway through the movie. You kind of this is the first time I think you even realize that this might be the main bad guy, right? And this is what you get. I mean, there's so many different ways you could have gone with that, and it just kind of fell on its face. But thankfully, it's it happens pretty quick and never comes back. It's just more of a head scratcher than it is like any kind of big detraction. I mean, it didn't factor into my enjoyment of the movie at a large scale or anything like that, but. Just one of those where you're just like, why? If you have to get up and go pee, pee right then. <laughs> yeah. And then come back and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we can probably skip pretty far ahead then at this point because nothing really changes between now and then. About the only big significant development, which you already mentioned, is that the guy who puts STEM in our hero tries to remotely shut him down because he doesn't want him going out and chasing the crime and because then yeah. STEM could get removed. He realizes all these people are dying and he's the one doing it. Yeah. So Stem on its own goes out and finds a hacker that needs to remote into Stem and give him the rootkit abilities. Basically, get, give Stem total control. He no longer has to answer to the human. But the, what's his name? What, what do we even call Gray. him? Gray. Gray? Yeah. His name is Gray? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yep. 
But Gray thinks he, all he's doing is basically turning off his GPS. Yeah. That they can't track him. And so Stem essentially tricks him into giving him full control over his body. Yep. So that's the only really big development between the sneezing and the end of the movie. Because Correct. then he just starts to go and he confronts the bad guy, kills the bad guy, but the bad guy informs him, like, I think... He's not the main bad guy. Yeah, he's not the main bad guy. I was set up by the guy who put Stem in you. I'm like, oh, okay, everybody in the world saw that coming. Right. So, but the one thing I will give this movie is that that's not the last twist of the movie. Yeah, so the guy who put that in him is revealed to be the main main head honcho. So you go confront him and he looks like a scared little puppy because Stim made him do it. Yep. And so I guess Stim had control of his whole lab Apparently. and wanted to be in this chip and wanted to be in a human. And Stim chose Gray to be his host and so that's why they killed his wife and paralyzed him to have this opportunity yep and so you get this kind of internal battle between gray and stem and there's a few points through the movie where they they kind of tease a vision of gray waking up in a hospital bed and seeing his wife i know they do it at least once before the end of the movie and then at the end of the movie stem is basically saying i need him to break i need gray's psyche his mind to snap and once he does he can take over and stem's trying to kill the cop who's been on the case for a while gray doesn't want it to happen and you can see him physically struggling like stem's trying to shoot the girl and gray's not letting him do it and eventually they you, you can just sense what's going on but basically what it is it's an internal battle for his mind right and then all of a sudden there's a a quick flash, right? And it goes to Gray in the hospital room and his wife walks in and he's all happy. And he's like, oh my God, you, it makes you think he's had a dream. He's got his wedding ring on. He wakes up in a hospital bed. The, it's the like whole no, thing was a dream. Right. Yeah. It, it does make you think that for about a split second. But then it cuts back to the room where this last confrontation was happening and you realize that what actually happened was that Gray's mind, he, he lost his mind. And so he's now trapped in basically a happy place in his mind where... He's in the Matrix. He's in, yeah, I mean, he's in some kind of concoction that Stem... Utopia. Yeah, yeah, Stem has basically cordoned off his mind and said, you're over here, you're happy because you're playing in this little play space with your wife like nothing has ever gone wrong, and I now control your body, and now Stem is, for all intents and purposes, alive. Now, when did he shoot the cop? He, I, I think Stem shot the cop after... His mind snapped. I think. I thought that's what made his mind snap. I no, thought. Well, he was fighting that. He was fighting it, and then I thought he he lost that. But I, 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 I don't think, remember the order there. I think it was like supposed to be maybe simultaneous because he wasn't going to allow it to happen. But I think his mind finally broke, and that's what everything slipped after that. I think you and I both talked about this, but we liked that in the sense that we all expected the twist of the guy who invented STEM to be kind of the bad guy. But I don't. I did not see the twist of. Stem being the one that had kind of orchestrated it from the beginning. He was the one that had hijacked the car that caused the car wreck. He'd been controlling essentially everything from the beginning just to get a body of his own that he could then control. And live. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, you'd think an AI would want to go like the Ultron route and build something that's a little bit more permanent than a human body, but maybe that's upgrade too. <laughs> I don't think they'll make a sequel to this. It doesn't strike me as the kind of movie that you would make a sequel to. No. It's definitely, I mean, you could. Sure. 
but it just strikes me as kind of the low budget sci-fi movie that you just kind of make once and leave it alone. I mean, so if you were Stim, why wouldn't you pick a guy that has guns in his arms? I mean, I guess he can just add that whenever he wants, right? Yes, I get, but I guess, and also Stim somehow controls all the machines around him as well. He had like Wi-Fi in him because he could control the cars. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't remember that piece. Yeah. So yeah, I think all in all, it was probably a little bit worse than I expected, but that's because I became victim to all the buzz that was happening online. And I'm I'm easily persuaded by Joe Blow's <laughs> review. So if you're a movie fan like us, JoeBlow.com. Carson and I have been going there for 18 years, probably since I, I remember it in freshman year in college. Like that's my go-to movie site for everything. You know what's really sad is you said 18 years and I was like, it wasn't around when we were kids. And then I <laughs> just yeah. realized how old we were. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So that's how old we are. But yeah, so we both like JoeBlow.com. We've been looking at it for years. So usually when we see a good review from Joe Blow, we're like, oh, hey, you know, we shoot it to one another. We're like, did you see what Joe Blow gave this? So that's how this came to be. And I'm glad we saw it. I mean, it was definitely worth worth the watch. And, you know, just I would temper your expectations in terms of action. It's really more of a sci-fi movie with a little bit of action and violence sprinkled in. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier. It's it's very, if you watch Black Mirror on Netflix, the the little mini mini movies that they have, episodes of technology taking over one way or another, or different things going wrong, it, it's it, it's a perfect Black Mirror episode, I yeah. think. It, Just a long one. Yes, I, I think, and I think there was enough that you could have trimmed down to make it a Black Mirror oh, episode. Oh, for sure. I mean... Black, some Black Mirror episodes run an hour 10, maybe, and this was maybe an hour 30, hour 40. You probably could have gotten pretty close to like an hour and 20 minute Black Mirror episode. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been a lot of people's favorite Black Mirror episode to date. Yeah, yeah and see, I I was disappointed in the lack of action, but I was impressed with, I think I mentioned this earlier, it was a much better movie than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a straight up, you know, very weak plot but we're gonna see some really cool stuff yeah and so that, that's what i was expecting and i and i got a, a decent movie yeah you know and so that that's where my i was conflicted and so yeah i think that's a really fair point that despite it not being what i expected it was still really good at what it did mm-hmm. so i mean that's kind of good right usually when something doesn't meet your expectations it's <laughs> it doesn't do very well at all right but at least this you know it backed direction. it up with something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so now that we're coming up to the end of the episode, we're going to try something a little bit new. We've kind of felt like and kind of heard from some people that, you know, while we talk a lot about the movie and we go into it in great detail, when we get to the end, we just kind of wrap it up pretty quickly. I think what we want to do is ask each other a series of questions. Some of them will be a little bit more elaborate, and then we'll get into some more rapid-fire, quick-answer ones, but hopefully it'll help give everybody a sense of what we thought about the movie in a nutshell. So we'll kind of bring everything that we've talked about all into one nice little, maybe fun, I don't know, convenient package that lets everybody know what we think about it as a whole. So I'll go ahead and I'll start asking you the questions and we'll go. I'll let you go first here. You're going to let me go first? Yeah, I'll let you go You're going to ask me? I'm going to ask you. All right. So we'll go, uh, what's your, what's your, what what did you rate this movie? Three and a half. Three and a half. And why? I thought it was, I thought it was solid, like we said. It's a longer Black Mirror episode, which I'm a big fan of Black Mirror. I thought it had Shades of Venom like we talked about. It even, to me, has a little bit of the Neil Blomp Camp technology in it, which he did District 9, Elysium, 
and Chappie. So I can, I kind of got hints of that. Like I could have seen him doing this movie, right? Like he comes up because it, it's sort of Elysium, just instead of being an exoskeleton, it's a chip in the brain. So I thought it was a cool premise. It didn't have as much action as I thought. It was kind of predictable, but it had a few twists. So I'm at a three and a half on that one. And your favorite moment? The first time Stim takes control at the guy's house where he's walking him through what to do, how to do it, and he really gets activated and goes on that first fight. And so what would you change about this movie? What's one thing? More action. It more action. definitely needed more action. But that's just me. I, I like action movies, and I had it in my head that it was going to be an action movie, so more action. So is this a theater movie, or are you on the couch? I would say it's a couch movie. Would you pay for it, or would you wait for it to come out on streaming? For free. Free. I wouldn't I wouldn't pay for it. Interesting. Yeah. Is it a popcorn movie or an art house movie? Oh, it's a hundred percent popcorn movie. Is it closer to an Oscar or a Razzie? Definitely an Oscar. And if you liked what movie, you would also like this movie. I would say Black Mirror. It's not a movie, I'm cheating. Black Mirror. So if you liked Black Mirror, you would like this movie. Yes. All right. So for you now, what'd you rate it? Gave it a three and a half. And again, I, I liked the like the premise. Uh, I thought it was acted well. I thought the effects were well, minus a certain scene. And uh, again, it, it is more of a well-rounded movie. Favorite moment? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, when Stim takes over the first time, the fight in the in the house was was the best. What's the one thing you would change? The nanobots and have a better main villain, which all combine into the same same character. See it in the theater or on your couch? I would say this is a theater movie. Uh, I, I, it's a good action movie. See it in the theater. So pay for it or wait for it to be free? Uh, I'd do it for free. If you have movie pass <laughs> and you can see it in the theater for free. You're hedging. Uh, I would do that. You're hedging. Popcorn movie or art house film? It's a, it's a popcorn movie for sure. Oscar or Razzie? It's closer to an Oscar than it is a Razzie. And if you liked what movie, you would also like this movie? If you like Venom, which hasn't come out yet. Then you'll like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so people are supposed to base whether they would see this on a movie that they also haven't seen. Correct. That's not being very helpful. <laughs> well, by the time they get around to watching this when it comes out at home, true, you'd have seen Venom, hopefully. That is true. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Hopefully, that last little wrap-up is something that will stick around. We'll give it a few more shots, see what people think. But it's at least a fun way for us to kind of throw our thoughts out on the table in the very end. But like usual, if you liked what you heard, please go rate us on the App Store. We could use ratings. Please talk to us on Facebook. That seems to be where some of the conversation is happening. But we are definitely looking forward to some more conversation. We've been taking down everybody's suggestions for retro reviews. Let us know what you like, and we will catch you next time.